Hello friends, welcome to your Monday morning edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I hope you weekended well. I'm your host, Mark Heath, and my two friends today had a very busy weekend indeed. Alex Jones and the boy Rossi, still recovering I think. Let's start with you, Rossi. You covered uh, two games in one day on Saturday. Uh, you were first at Cambridge, then you went to Stevenage. So twice the work, same pay. Distress that. Um, how was it? Tell me tales of the road. It was very wet, very wet indeed. Um, although, Richard, there is some um, physical evidence of this um, and I made that decision. I, I stayed undercover for both games because I, I just didn't think it was worth it, to be honest, pre-season. You were wearing um, shorts as well, weren't you? Which is uh... yeah, but you got to in the summer when it hits. When it's probably May till sometimes I'm a bit rogue, even into October, I still wear shorts sometimes because it's still it's still warmish. Even when it rains in the summer, it's still a bit warm. So I decided, no, going to get my legs out, um, and that's what I did. So yeah, it was a, a very busy but enjoyable day. I did enjoy it, even though the games were rubbish. Um, it was just a good experience uh, for me and Alex to hit the road together and um, cover the two games. Carry on tour. You didn't get Kieran McKenna to drive you in the end. So AJ, you had to do it. Uh, how was it for you? You described it as I think you said it was the, one of your most tiring days as a journalist. Um, thoughts? I've never done a game as a getaway car driver, <laughs> having to like rush Ross into the car, swing round out of traffic, out onto the roads, and uh, pelt our way over to a totally different county for a game that kicked off about an hour and a half uh, after we managed to leave Cambridge. That was a new experience. And um, I, if we have any people from town listening, Kieran McKenna, we're like, please don't do that again. <laughs> you know what? It, it, was a, it was a nice one-off experience, um, but I'm not sure I can handle the sheer exhausting nature of going straight from one game to the other. See, it looked fine for, for Kieran McKenna. We saw him rushing through the uh, the car park at the Abbey and he got into this nice kind of taxi, this chauffeured black cab thing, and they just rushed straight off. And I was thinking, oh, this is this is an ominous sign. We're about 10 minutes walk away to the car. Yeah. It's absolutely hammering it down. Um, couldn't see for most of the uh, the journey over to Stevenage because the roads just absolutely soaked. Um, had fun with Ross recording me driving over uh, for the game day video. So I'm, I'm just kind of sat there thinking, oh my God, I'm going to make it before kickoff. Am I going to be able to get the live blog sorted? And Ross is going, here's the team news, Alex. What are you thinking? Of? <laughs> so my brain was kind of in about eight different places at once. Yeah. So a unique experience is the way. I, I, I thought you did tremendously though, uh, as your first, your first games as the Young Guns, uh, officially now named. Uh, Rossi, what did you do to keep Alex entertained in the car while he was driving you there? Obviously, apart from recording him. We've um, actually created a um, away days on tour uh, playlist. So, okay. um, you know, different tracks on there. Um, we, we started off for the Preston game. So Stu has experienced this. Um, but that just keeps us entertained. We just chat, just chat about the game, um, chat about just anything really, what, you know, people I talk about really. Um, Politics, I, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Crisis, crisis emergencies. Yeah. yeah. Always, always. Um, there was a funny um, town sign that I looked at. I won't say it on the pod, but there was a funny sign going to Stevenage. Um, and you probably will know where I'm going with this. Um, so that sort of entertained us for a bit. When I saw that, I went, Alex, look. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you've got to say what it was, Ross. It was Suffolk Come, Suffolk. Oh, so, here we go. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, buddy. I'm really yeah, the Scottish. Is the. Um... That, that's in uh, people just do nothing, isn't it? When yeah. they go on tour to Ipswich, and they yeah. they come across a sign for something, thought come soaken or something like that, yeah. and they get out and yeah. take a picture. So you were basically, you were basically beats and grinder on tour on your way to Stevenage. It was one of those, yeah, yeah. He just saw yeah. it as we go through, and he started chuckling to himself, and he's like, "No, I can't say it. it's really childish." <laughs> and I looked up as we were going into this town, and I was like, "Oh, come on. <laughs> Rossi, twenty-seven years old." Um, and, and to cap off the day, obviously, given you put all this effort in, you saw, I'd like to say you saw two of the best games of football you've ever seen. That wasn't really the case. But to put the cap on the day, you couldn't get out, could you, at Stevenage? 
no, we we got locked in at the end because obviously part of uh, being uh, on the EADT Kings of Anglia team involves staying behind quite a bit after the mm. game. We yep. do our, our post-match reactions, got to get all the McKenna lines up, got to talk to everyone. Uh, and by the time you've done that, by the time that we've sat in one of the boardroom offices looking out onto the pitch, recording our post-match chat, we go out in the absolute hammering rain, get a few photos of the pitch. You know, it's quite nice when it's all empty. And Ross starts kind of going ahead of me and he goes, oh, this one's locked. There's a padlock on this one. And we've made about halfway around the ground at this point. This is where if you get to um, the uh, the game day video, you have the little surprise at the end in one of the stands as well. Um, we keep going round, still locked, still locked. Um, we, we find this is where my brain starts kicking in and we see this metal table. And I'm thinking, if we go on that, we can then jump over the top of the the kind of the railings to get out almost takes you straight into the car park kind of forgetting that ross has hundreds of pounds worth of camera equipment that he's trying to lug around with him um so we were at the point where we were thinking we're going to need to phone someone here because we can't get out of the stadium um though we thankfully after doing a full 360 kind of came back on ourselves and just thought we're going to walk out through the tunnel and we had a very confused looking um janitor who was cleaning up in one of the dressing rooms he kind of looked at us like we were ghosts as we just sauntered out through the front door uh, so you went out you went out the players exit is your players entrance yeah 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 we just went out straight through we just thought at the end of the day it's either that or we risk our lives trying to prison, prison break style yeah jump over the top it felt like i don't know if uh, any of you played the the hitman games uh on i think it was yeah playstation and xbox mm. where um you can probably like jump over all of the things and at the end you've got to press the button and leave through the exit that they've chosen and it felt a bit like we were doing one of those uh which wasn't really on the list of things i was expecting from the double header um but i'm all up for new experiences i'm pleased from a health and safety point of view that you didn't opt with the uh, the jumping out over the fence because that would have landed me in all sorts of bother i'd be filling in forms for, for days uh, especially given that Ross would likely impale himself on something um, and and need emergency treatment. Well, we'll talk about the games in a minute. Um, I did think about you boys when I was uh, at the spa. I thought it's raining outside, isn't it? It's a shame. Uh, <laughs> I did have one quite embarrassing moment at the spa, though, boys. Just had the old massage. I was walking around the pool, you know, like you do, sucking the old gut in, sticking the old chest out. Went to get into the pool, put my hand in my swimming shorts. So I'm always paranoid. I've got my phone in my shorts. I don't know um, if you're the same. Uh, I didn't have my phone in my shorts. What I did have, I realised, was a couple of dog poo bags in my shorts. Um, so in full view of everyone sitting around the pool, and you can imagine it was absolutely rammed at the spa, I had to kind of get out of the pool, embarrassing, and do like a little walk to where I put my towel, from whence I pulled out two dog poo bags out of my uh my swimming shorts and had to kind of hide them under my towel. It didn't have the poo in it. No, no, no. They weren't used, I should say. I should stress that. I, don't, I was I don't, um, wondering I don't the same it. thing when you were telling that story. I don't make it out of it just wandering around with dog dog crap in my pockets. But um, I, I, I often wear swimming shorts when it's hot around the house because they've got mm. pockets in uh, and, and obviously take Benson a walk uh, in said shorts. And that's how the dog bags got in there. Um, so, yeah, I looked quite the fool um, and it completely ruined my... The walk that I was well pleased with around the pool. Anyway, friends, let's talk about the game, shall we? And before we do that, should we hear from our friend and not your driver, Kieran McKenna? Kieran, we've had uh, two games in one day. We've got good minutes for the entire squad. It feels like everyone's going to benefit from this. Yeah, that's what the day is about, really. It's just about minutes. We um, had a really intense high-level game on Wednesday night and a long travel, and um, we managed to split the minutes across the group. But this was now just about getting as many as we possibly could towards the 90 minute mark and um, yeah minutes in the legs we have another big game on on Tuesday night um, which we think will be a good challenge in a high level game and today was about accumulating the minutes and, and we managed to do that without too many problems I guess for you on the surface you have the, the thing where it's two league one teams there's two defeats in one day but the most important thing is getting those minutes up is the performances that's kind of taking the priority over the results in pre-season yeah, certainly different games, of course. Um, of course, not just saying it because we played well on Wednesday, but that's a game where you focus on the performance a little bit more because it's a team in our league and um, you know the type of you know level that we're, we're going to come up against today was yeah 
performance and the results, to be honest, take a, a secondary even to, you know, just getting getting out here and playing and accumulating those minutes. And two good games, two tough games, of course, two teams who are preparing for the, the league one season ahead and were, were super motivated for the games and um, playing in their home stadiums. And, um, yeah, two difficult games, two different types of challenges, but... Um, we'll take bits from the games and, and we'll review on some bits that we've done well definitely some bits we could have done better but the main thing was just um, yeah, getting minutes into everyone in the squad which isn't always easy to do so logistically we're just happy that we, uh, we, we got that done today There you go then boys, results don't matter which is, which is good because they lost both games to League One outfits um, it's all about minutes in the legs and in many ways that's what you were doing on Saturday wasn't it boys, getting minutes in the legs covering the game tomorrow, piece of piss now one game, one stadium no travel, easy. Um, so, Alex, you kick us off. Unfortunately, it sounds like these are two quite underwhelming games. Yeah, the one thing I would start off with saying there is when you looked at that clip and you had the photo of Kieran McKenna, who just looks absolutely soaked. That's exactly yeah. how I felt. I was looking at these photos coming in from Ross, and it's just McKenna looking very upset <laughs> in the rain. And I was thinking, this is exactly how I feel. Um, the Cambridge game wasn't too wet to start off with, um, which is why I think Town started quite well um they played very good football and scored like two or three i think it was two minutes into the game pretty much slap bang on the two minute mark um and this is where mari hutchinson came to life he absolutely had the beating of his uh the opposition left back harrison dunk just breezed past him lovely little combination through the middle looping cross into the box. Um, Leif Davis probably should have been picked up a little bit better. He kind of just wandered into the box totally free to to tap it in. But it was a really nice move. And to have, you know, your young player who's never really experienced too much of the way of men's football, just coming straight onto a game against League One opposition and just waltzing through their entire defence, that was really good to see. Um, and then Town kind of kept doing that for quite a while. Again, it was really the Amari Hutchinson show every time. Brings the ball forward, cuts inside on dunk. Um, I think for the first one, he sets up Chaplin, who managed to smack two shots into the same defender and then fire the third one wide. And then soon after, again, he cuts inside. He really likes that left foot. And it's a lovely kind of fizzling shot that looks like it's just going for the top corner. I think it goes about an inch or two wide. Um, and then... The rain kept coming down a bit heavier and town decided they didn't really want to play much in the way of football anymore. Um, the equaliser comes from, I think it was Carr who got caught a little bit too high up the pitch. The back line spaced out a little bit, allows Psycho Jano come in. A very strange shot that loops over Hladky doesn't look like it's going anywhere at all. Um, I feel like it's a bit of a fluke, to be honest, but... Um, if you look at it in real time, it's actually quite a nice goal. Um, and the rest of the game was an absolute nightmarish slog of just really turgid, slow football, not really many chances. Um, I think the linesman was busier than most of the players flagging for offside. Um, and of course, this for me at this point was quite nice. So I was thinking, okay, report's done here, everything's done, all the angles done, it's yeah. all filed. Uh, and then Cambridge go and score a uh, 89th or 90th minute winner where they slam it in from close range from their uh, veteran centre-back, Michael Morrison, who everyone might remember from his Portsmouth days. Um, and that just caused a full rewrite, or not a full rewrite, but I had to totally change the article as yeah. I was trying to get out to rush to the car to go to Stevenage, which um, really just about sums the whole afternoon up within the first game. That's literally the last thing you want, isn't it? When you you know you've got to be literally on the minutes, you've got to dash out yep. and then a last-minute winner to complete. It's the last change. thing you want, full yeah. stop. I've covered some horrible games where that happened. I think I've mentioned the, the Swansea-Millwall game where I had everything written up in the 90th minute yeah. and then Swansea scored two own goals in stoppage time. And I had to just... I had all my questions written out for Gary Rout and everything planned and it just all goes out the window. Um yeah, that's the last thing that you want, especially when you have to drive to Stevenage within yeah. about the space of 50 minutes or so on a very tight deadline. Last minute winners, great for fans, terrible for journalists who are covering mm -hmm. the game. Rossi, so we saw Amari Hutchinson for the first time. We're going to hear from Kieran McKenna about him uh, in a minute. But what did you make of him? It sounds like to me that was by far the brightest spot from both games. 
Yeah, that's the only good thing um, from the first half of the both games, actually. Yeah, because uh, you know Stevenage game, oh, dearie me. Um, but yeah, he looks it looks lively. He's got the skills. We we, all, we knew that anyway when we did the podcast on Friday. We we're chatting about him. Um, we've seen the highlight reels. We've seen what he can do. Um, but of course, this is against you know a Cambridge side who are you know a League One outfit. So it's a good like test for him. But as Alex said, he did have Harrison Dunk on toast for most of the first half. Um, and yeah, got got that assist for Leif Davis, as Alex said. Um, but like in the second half, um, especially, I had a good like view of him in action. Basically, I was just basically in his line where he mm. had the ball. And he, there's one moment um, I think the club actually put it out, or there's a, a good clip from the from a fan in the in the ground um, where he just yeah, just just amazing skill. And that is what I think we're going to look forward to. Really, just loads of just skills. Um, not Megan players. Um, but yeah, that is probably the bright spot from the whole weekend, unfortunately. Um, because yeah, it was rainy, um, wet day. But um, him just bringing out different skills, great touches. Um, he's what I'm looking forward to. But of course, you know, this is going to be a step up on Tuesday against Luton because it's mm-hmm. a Premier League team. But um, I'm looking forward to see how he does in the championship. So, Alex, we knew he's versatile. Was it he played on the right, did he, in this one? Yeah, he was. Um... Right of Connor Chaplin, we know that he can play through the middle. I mm. think probably he can play on the left as well, being a left footer, someone who can swing those crosses in. But he's very much kind of, I think he's someone who's very natural on the right. He likes cutting inside. He likes yeah. using that left foot to, to have a shot, to get the crosses in. When he had that cross, for example, for Leif Davis, cuts inside with a nice nice little clip through. That, that was really the first show where you can see wow, okay, he's actually got a real wand of a left foot with the old cliche there. Um, the skills there, I, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of an over-reliance on that left foot. I know that has been kind of pointed out by a few Chelsea mm. fans who had seen him, that, that he's, he likes to use it maybe a little bit too much. There were a couple of manoeuvres on the edge of the box where you're just thinking, oh, it's lined up perfectly, just shoot. You have to use your right foot, put put your foot through it mm. and it will go in. And he just didn't look comfortable. He ended up holding on to it, setting someone else up, the move dies. So that's maybe something that McKenna can work on kind of bringing out with him a little bit over the next few months. I think that if he can become someone that's more comfortable working on both feet, which you really have to be mm-hmm. as a left-footed right winger, then uh, I think he can be a fantastic player. Mm. It's always wand of a left foot, isn't it? You can't have a wand of a right foot. Mm. Have a hammer of a right foot or something. You can't be a wand. <laughs> right then, let's hear from McKenna on Amari. Touching on the, the first game of Cambridge then, I mean, the one standout really from that one looks to be Amari Hutchinson coming in. What can you tell us about him and what did you think of his performance yeah. today? Yeah, I thought it was a good start for him. Um, yeah, very talented young player. Um, of course, he's had some exposure to senior football, but not much in very limited minutes and hasn't been around senior dressing rooms and players too much. So, yeah, really happy to take him in on his first loan. We think he'll... He'll grow and develop as a as a player and a person um, for sure, and we also think that he can he can contribute to to the team as well. So um, yeah, he showed um, some good things today. Made a good start, positive first impression. Um, but you know, he's he's hopefully here for the whole season, and, and we'll be patient with him and we'll push him in the right ways and um, look forward to seeing how he develops. Okay, good stuff there. Then so McKenna impressed. Good start for Amari. Um, and then the rest of the day went downhill from there. Alex, what a sound of it! That was uh, that was the one, the one, the one good thing. Yeah, I think as you said that, my dog started barking upstairs, which just about sums that one up. Um, yeah, the Stevenage game was somehow worse. Uh, I think the, the nice angle that we had there was oh, Town started really well against Cambridge, and they started absolutely horribly against Stevenage, from what I could see at least, because. Um, as I was coming into the ground um, and the players were just about to, to kick off, of course, they have the, the tunnel that comes mm. out. It's one of the, the kind of the ones they pull out that goes on the pitch. Yeah. Yes, the extendable tunnel uh, where I got stuck on the other side trying to get through to the press box, uh, which means that they were about to kick off. And I was just stood there thinking, I'm not set up here. <laughs> um, and I pretty much, I think I've got everything sorted, sat down, got up, apologised for the fact that I almost kind of dies trying to get over to Stevenage and have not managed to organise anything in the process uh, and looked up and it was, um, I think it was Reed who picks up the ball, spins past Edmondson, gets into too much space, smacks it right at Walton. 
Again, rain maybe comes into play, slippery ball, Walton just spills it into the net. Uh, and that was really just a sign of how it was going to play out. I think most fans, especially the ones who'd been at Cambridge mm. earlier in the day, could probably see, oh, I can already see where this one's going. Um, I think, I don't know if you, you ended up reading my live blog on there. There wasn't actually too much, to be honest, because at the end of the day, that first half was an absolute nothingness. Um, I remember Jack Taylor having a shot from distance that deflected out for a corner, and I'm pretty sure that was almost the only thing that happened in the first half. Um, Stevenage ended up doubling their lead through a free kick that comes from some uh, fairly shoddy defending. Broadhead gives it away in his own half. They break, Edmondson wins it back, and then almost kind of slips, giving it away, which uh, allows Reed to go through on goal again. And of course, if anyone's going to come in and clatter the man, to stop it from becoming a goal. It was Sam Morsey uh, who rushed in and bodied Reed on the edge of the box. And then I think it was a really hard angle to see this goal, but from what we could see, it's a low free kick from McDonald, clips off the post, and um, it's Ben Thompson, one of three Thompsons who started this game. Oh, nice. Stevenage, yeah. Who um, headed in. Oh, we clocked this and I'll put it in the live blog. And um, I can't remember who I sat next to him. I said, oh, who just, who just scored? And I said, Thompson. They went, which one? And I thought, <laughs> oh, I don't know now. Um, so that was some frantic checking of uh, of the team sheet to have a look. Um, the one positive, obviously, is the George Hurst goal. It was mm. scrappy. It's it's not, wasn't exactly uh, his Preston goal, for example, where he rushes through and chips it in. But at the end of the day, strikers have to be there to, to slam them in. And two and two for preseason is still a positive to take from the game albeit that it was very much the only positive to take from the game and probably one or two positives to take from the entire afternoon mm. all right then rossi so i'm sitting on my sunbed chilling out you know waiting for a drink to be delivered to me whatever glance down at my phone yeah. broadhead starting up top what what on earth is going on um how was uh, how was that did he actually play as a nine yeah, he did. did I he? think once again, when we were in the car, um, looking at the team sheet, heading to Stevenage, we looked and I was like, Broadhead. And I think Alex maybe at first thought, have you missed out Hurst? And I went, no, he's not on here. He's yeah. on the bench, but he's not on here. Uh, actually, no, I don't think they actually showed subs on that yeah. original team team news on, on Twitter anyway. Um, of course, when we arrived, we got the team sheet and Hurst was on the bench. Um, but yeah, he, do you know what? I think he can play there. That can be a position he, he has played before. because um, mm. he's, he's an attacking you know, player. So he can play anywhere on that, that free up top there. So, um, but yeah, he didn't really have much to work with because as Alex said, definitely in the first half, actually pretty much all the game, we didn't really have many chances on goal. Um, you know, Hurst's goal was basically just a, a scramble basically in mm. the box and just, to be fair, you know, he took his goal well, you know, he just tapped it in, boom. He actually, during the half time, during the warm ups, he was doing like a, some basically some finishing drills with Lee Grant, basically similar styles to the goal he scored. Basically, Lee Grant just passed to him, and he just it's just he's on you know in the box there, just taking a shot. Yeah. He didn't he did miss a few, and I was like, oh no! So I was like, oh no, that's not good. Missing a few little sitters during the warm ups. You can do that in the warm up, but not in the game. But um, but yeah, George Hurst of course came on, and he was the man up top. Um, but yeah. Not much really to say about Broadhead playing up front because he just didn't have much to work with. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it was an interesting one on the team sheet. And uh, my one positive from the Stevenage game, though, was when we arrived, there was cookies. Oh. And uh, that was very nice. Yes, in the press room. So that was a nice treat when we arrived. I've said this now to Alex for the last two preseason games in Preston. And now um, Cambridge Stevenage, I've like I've been, I've been craving some chocolate, um, a chocolate bar or just something sweet. And in Preston, when we got to the hotel, like very late um, at the Premier Inn, there was like a vendor machine, of course, and there was a chocolate bar. And I was like, I really fancy one, but I was like, I'm gonna be good, and I was good that day. But when we got into the press box, Stevenage, there was cookies, and I had a cookie, so that, that made me home, happy. Are we talking homemade cookies here? Are we talking? No, no, of course not. No, it's just right. you know in a box there was loads there was like two two sorts so yeah how many did you have Ross two 
Only two. Just two. Just two. Talking, I want to big share. ones like this, are they? Yeah, not big ones. Ones. yeah, big ones. Yeah, big. Yeah, 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 big one. Not yeah, not small little ones. It was, yeah, yeah. You know, biggish, biggish side. So that that was a nice bonus before going out to cover the game at Stevenage. And once again, I went. It's not worth it. Went in the stand. Uh, there was one empty stand in the first half where um where we're shooting, and I went. That was a nice little nice little cover. And then in the second half, I actually sat with the away fans, the town fans, and uh, oh, you sat with Bloomers, Bloomers, didn't you? I saw yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was which was nice. Uh, a little chinwag with him, and um, we had a great view actually of the free kick because it was right in our you know eye line, and we're mm. like Bloomers fair play to him. He called it. He went, "This is going in." Um, of course, it didn't go in the top corner that he said, but it eventually it went in. Of course, with Thompson scoring, but um, yeah, another wet, miserable game at Stevenage. Alex, give me. We've talked there about Amari Hutchinson. We talked about George Hurst. Here, we give me some more stuff. That we can talk about. What is there? Um, any other talking points from this game or these um, games? Overall, I think one of the things that McKenna was quite happy with was the fact there weren't that many injuries. You, know, you have these, <laughs> yeah. you have these horrible wet weather games, and you're thinking, oh, someone's going to lunge in. They're going to get their boots stuck in the mud, and it's going to be an ACL. It'll be mm. the, the Mark Heath curse, where it's going to be someone that he's given a nickname to. Yeah, it'll be it'll be Jack, it'll be Jack Taylor done something like that. Um, the Luongo one looks to be maybe a little bit of concern. He came off early in the Cambridge game with yeah. a tight groin, assuming that there's no kind of actual damage done there, and it's just maybe something that he's pulled. I would assume he should be fine. Mm. Um, on that, I think McKenna is hopeful that he'll have pretty much the whole squad going to Austria, even if they don't necessarily all feature in the mm. Luton game tomorrow night so we'll see how that one um, plays out. I think the youngsters again, another kind of positive. Uh, I'm still getting to learn who all of them are a little bit which is um, the, the positives of pre-season because at the end of the day we don't know necessarily how many of them will get regular minutes uh, through, throughout the league campaign. Um, Carl obviously being the one who yeah, <laughs> you, well not regular minutes but you know yeah. might Come on and do yeah, something. Yeah. Um, Carl, obviously the one who, who played against, um, who played against Cambridge and uh, maybe struggled a little bit with it. But you know, it's this is where you want to make those mistakes. Um, they finished the Cambridge game with quite a few young players, uh, which is something that McKenna pointed out. Which is when you can see the free kick coming in. It's something really that Town should have dealt with. It was a bit of a scramble. I think it's headed back across. That's when Morrison smashes it in and mm. he basically said at the end of the day it's, it's not good enough to be doing that but you want to make these mistakes in pre-season this is where the young players need to learn they're playing against veteran veteran opposition morrison's 36 or something like that mm. and you've got players on the pitch who are 18 um so i think they'll be better for it if they're going to end up being the kind of players that make the step up to the first team these are the games where they're going to benefit uh there'll hopefully be a few more along the way and to be honest that's really maybe it sounds a bit clutching at straws to take positives from there even if you look at the individual level from kind of the players who played there weren't really many standouts i think it was good to see edmondson back on the pitch as well yeah. a player who's um obviously had his injury issues looked a little bit rusty uh in the early stages against stevenage he got spun for the goal made a mistake for the second in a way but he kind of he looked confident in his abilities which is not necessarily an easy thing for someone who's had that long out and then comes back and has the setback again. Mm. Um, and as long as he can do that and just build up the fitness, then hopefully he will have a part to play uh, when the championship season kicks off. I know from the uh, your reaction video, your reaction video, you said um, maybe slight concerns about Edmonton and Baggett in terms mm. of being able to play the way that maybe McKenna wants them to. Um, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, um, I think that it involves a lot of time on the ball, doesn't it? Because Ipswich Town are an attacking possession-based team mm. under McKenna. Uh, Baggett, I think this this will be his level. I think that when he does head out on loan, assuming that Town are still pushing forward with that, this is probably what the, the kind of team that he, they'd want him to play for. Um, maybe even if he drops down to League Two, you can find similar player, uh, sorry, similar teams. Mm. town as well that kind of suit that but he didn't necessarily seem all too comfortable playing there Edmondson again I think he's someone who may be in a kind of a Don Ball shape very big very physical mm. uh, 
maybe the difference there is that Dom Ball on the ball is quite good, which is why he can play midfield, why he can go to right back. He's good at bringing it forward, which is obviously kind of a McKenna thing. He likes having the centre-backs that can bring it forward when they switch the formation around. Mm. They uh, play the left-back wide, the right-back comes in. It means that they have another defender who can step forward into midfield. Um, I'm not necessarily sure Edmondson is that kind of player necessarily. Again, he's not someone that I would have seen too much of due to his injuries, but he didn't really look it in the Stevenage game. He, he didn't look all too comfortable. But again, it's it's hard to kind of judge it when they are players who haven't had regular minutes. It's the same mm. with Baggett because he came back from the Cheltenham spell not having played too much. Um, and with Edmondson, who's had that horrible injury, uh, it, it has been tough for him, you can see. Uh, and it'll be a case of we'll see how he holds up, uh, assuming that he gets a, a few minutes on the pitch tomorrow. He'll obviously head over to Austria as well. Hmm. when he kind of builds up those minutes, gets his confidence back, and it is definitely there. We'll see how he fits into that McKenna team uh, and what kind of role he can play in the league. Hmm. Okay. So at least he's back on the pitch, which is a, is a positive. I want to take that as a positive. Um, Rossi, any other notes from the game before we move on to post-game stuff? Anything else you want to mention? Anyone else you want to highlight? Don Ball again, actually. You know, yeah. Playing that right side. He um, impressed me again. Uh you know, that's, once again, I think that's what McKenna likes as well. He likes players who can be versatile, and we've got a few players like that. And Don Ball's showing that straight away, mm. um, and definitely with that character experience, I think that's going to help a lot going into this season. So, uh, yeah, if if because Harry Clark, we've, we had, had this chat on Friday, didn't we, about who will play that right side? Mm. And I think I made that decision. Maybe, yeah, Don Ball could be that man going into that Sunderland game, and if he's going to play there again against Luton and play there again in Austria. And he could be the man to start that position um, mm. against Sunderland. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to highlight him again because uh, despite the the rubbish game at Stevenage, he was the one that I sort of highlighted as yeah the, one of the best players from that game. Mm. Okay, right. Well, going into the, the weekend, one of the main talking points, obviously, was something we discussed on the pod last Friday, which is just kind of broken on Thursday night, was um, the interest in Sam Morsey from Saudi Arabia. Uh, he subsequently went on TalkSport at lunchtime and said it was news to him. Um, but it was your first opportunity to speak to Kieran McKenna about it after the game, Alex. So let's hear what he said. Just to touch on Sam Morsey, I mean, obviously we've seen the speculation in Saudi Arabia. We'd have heard him on TalkSport yesterday saying it looks like he, he wants to stay here. That's the aim. And obviously that's going to be a big thing for you as the skipper. Yeah, look, there's, um, I think thankfully Sammy put that to bed himself yesterday. He's, he's our captain. He's a very important player on and off the pitch. He's got two years left on his contract um, and he's uh, he's fully bought into the project here as we all are. So, um, yeah, there's there's not really anything to, to answer there, really. There we go then, AJ. What do you make of that? A very, very straight bat there from McKenna. Nothing to, t- nothing to say, nothing to talk about, nothing to see yeah. here, Gov. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of... It. From what I've heard of the McKenna interviews, it's quite similar to, to kind of the transfer things. When you have the link and he, he mm-hmm. says, well, we're working on these these deals, I feel like it was kind of a, a set answer that he had. There, there isn't really much to answer news to him. Um, great news for town, obviously. Um, would the money have helped if, if there is something there? Yeah, of course. But I think that Sam Morsey, as we kind of discussed on Friday, has those qualities as a person and as a player, that would be very, very difficult to replace in this team. The contract situation, obviously, is another thing that kind of needed to be ironed out and made a mm. bit more public because I think that uh, it sounds like a lot of people weren't aware that he has two years on his deal. Uh, I think my understanding is it was another year that got triggered when yeah. Town went up to the championship. So he should be here for the long haul. Um, and that, that's a positive thing. He's someone that when it comes to championship experience, knows what he's doing at this level, he will be someone that will be heavily relied on mm. uh, for his physicality, for his aggression. And you need that. Uh, you need it in the kind of games that they had over this over the weekend. You kind of saw that he had it. At least he was kind of trying to make something of the game, wasn't he? When he, he rushed in and barged Reed to the floor on the edge of the area, which, okay, did end up with a goal, but it probably would have done anyway. Um so that's that's what town needs. I think he's really the the source of a lot of energy within the midfield and a mm. lot of the kind of power and intensity. 
And you're really going to see that with the step up to the championship. Every team has to have that kind of midfield destroyer. I know that, again, a bit of a cliche saying that. But every team needs to have someone with that in their locker, someone mm. who can, while not being you know, a goal-scoring midfielder, can take a game by the scruff of the neck that's turning a little bit rough and get Helm back into it. So it's not an easy thing to find. So keeping hold of him for this championship season is going to be really important for town. Yeah, he's he's massive, isn't he, for town um, on the pitch and off the pitch. I get the feeling he's the guy who holds everyone else to account in the playing on the playing side of things. Mm. Make sure people are doing. He often talks about the process and doing what you need to do on a daily basis to make sure you reach the end goal, sort of thing. And I, I bet that he is the guy who makes sure everyone else is doing that and probably sets the example for everyone else. And you kind of maybe a little bit scared to step out of line. Mm. Um, he sees you. If he saw you picking up two cookies, Ross, he'd be disgusted. Not them out of your hands. We're not going to get promoted like that, boy. Um, <clears throat> the other thing we got to uh, do after the game is you got to speak to Nathan Broadhead, who'd just been playing as a nine. So let's listen to that now, and we can chat about it. You kind of felt that buzz in general. I mean, this is a club that, you know, when they went down, this hasn't necessarily had all of the, the high-flying years that fans would have wanted. Last season was so good and there's such a, a positive environment with the fans. Is that kind of passed through into the dressing room? Can you feel it? Yeah, as soon as I walked in through the door, I mean, you look at the stats that we were the best team in the, the league by far last season, so that's why I came to uh, Ipswich and the way that we play, the managers, that's that's the reason that I came to Ipswich. So, um, I mean, yeah, I think this season, hopefully we can do the same. Um, but yeah, I'm confident. Yeah, it's not a case of going up to the championship to survive isn't it is you want to be there to be a competitive force to try and push your way to the top end of the table I think playing against better players brings the best out of you um, definitely I think it pushes you um, mentally and physically so uh, everyone needs to just be fit physically and mentally ready for it um, and hopefully we can start the season you know in great form Rossi you did a quick dash there um Get refreshments, I'm guessing. Uh, Broadhead, a cookie, yeah. <laughs> Broadhead, how, how important is he going to be for, for town this season? He's going to be very important. Um, you know, what a, what end of season for him. You know, of course, it took him a little while to sort of bed, in, bed into the team that first mm. few weeks when he signed. But he was just one of the reasons why I think we got promoted, really. That was a great signing. Um, you know, he's, he's had a bit of championship experience last year with Wigan. Um, but was very you know in and out, but um, he just got everything. You know, he's got a goal in his locker. He's just he's got great great connection. I think you mentioned it in another chat. You know, with with George Hurst and Colin mm. Chaplin. Um, he's just once again he's versatile. As we, we we chat about earlier, you know, he can play that nine if needed. Probably not really want him there, mm. but uh, he's going to be a player that I'm really looking forward to see how he does in the championship. Um, but I think he's going to step up easily. I think it's going to be a, an easy transition for him. So. Yeah, he's going to be very important this season. Hmm. Right then, any other notes from from the games, boys? Before we move on to uh, tomorrow night and Friday, uh, strangely, anything else you want to mention, AJ? Um, I would really appreciate it if, in future pods, we can never talk about these two games <laughs> ever again. Um, I was talking to Ross on the way back and saying, I really, I think I messaged him at about half time. Maybe it was a little bit into the, the second half. At the Stevens game, I just said, "Can we go home?" Yeah. Um, I these were the, definitely. I mean, the, the Maidenhead game was not this kind of fantastic, free flowing mm. town, but these these two games were worse. Which was maybe I think at the time when I was watching, I was thinking, "Where where was the, the Preston performance? Where's this gone?" Mm. When you look back at it on hindsight, it's kind of like, "Okay, I, I kind of understand it," especially with the fact that this preseason schedule was absolutely packed mm. they must be feeling it a little bit especially in the rain um but i yeah i think this is one that you just kind of to write off never talk about it again we've done it we we did both games the the kings of anglia were there and now we never talk about it again yeah now we we yeah they are forever forgotten uh, consigned to the history books um i do want to before we move on we got a question we you put a tweet out uh alex saying one of your most tiring days and George from Fram replied and said let's let's hear this on the pod so what has been your most tiring day as a journalist uh, was that it for you Alex that was up there um Vienna was yeah. quite difficult because that was obviously 
a uh, really early alarm on that. Oh, I'm trying to think if there are any standouts from my time at Millwall. Um, the the tough one actually came when they were due to play Sunderland uh, in September. The Queen tragically died that weekend mm-hmm. and it got moved. Uh, and obviously all of the championship teams were supposed to have the World Cup break off the entire break, except for Millwall and Sunderland where they decided, we'll just play it in the World Cup break. Why not? Uh, and due to the fact that they, England were supposed to, well, they could have ended up playing on that day, the game then had to be moved again, which involved a half 12 kickoff at the uh, Stadium of Lights. Wow. I went up on the day of the game. So I, I got the train up in the morning. I think I ended up getting a 5.57 train up to Sunderland, and I didn't get back again until about 10 o'clock in the evening. That would definitely be up there. Um, I don't think there's that many other standouts there's always some hard drives especially in the championship i remember going to hull and thinking this road never ends i i I, it wasn't even that long a drive and i was just thinking i've got to do this on the way back and i feel like i've been on the road for about eight hours so uh, really looking forward to driving ross up to the stadium of lights uh in a couple of weeks time where it will probably be a similar kind of feeling for me i'd say it's a long way long way rossi what about you your 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 most draining days uh, there's been a few because I'm um, once again I'm a oh, I'm a crazy man and I of course do the women's team as well. Um, so I've done some long long journeys with the men's team and then travelled home and then done an away game with the women's team yeah. a few times. Um, luckily there's been a couple of times where it's lined up perfectly. So like with you know both men and the women's team play Plymouth and um, they sometimes try to make it a double header. Of course last season they decided to put it on Sky, um, but luckily. So I had to go to Plymouth twice last year. Luckily, the men had Exeter away on the Saturday and the women's team had Plymouth on the Sunday, of course. So yeah. I was able to travel down. Um, but yeah, one thing, it's just winter. Winter comes when you're just freezing your, your butt off um, and your fingers, you know, definitely, you know, for typing and then, of course, taking pictures. Um, I don't look forward to that. So even when it's raining, but it's warm in July, I always think about that. Even when in Austria, we were chatting about that. Um, when it's 35 degrees, you know, in, in Austria, just think December time at Ellen Road, especially mm. where we're going to be freezing our butts off. Just think about Austria when it was boiling hot. So I think that's what we try to think of when it hits this this time of year. Because it's not just that though. I yeah. mean, the, that's that's a bad one. The the cold Stoke. one that you have is Stoke on New Year's Day. Yeah. That is is such an open stadium. The press yeah. box is quite high up, and you get the chill bad there i've not done ellen road as a journalist before so i know that leeds in itself especially around winter is going to be absolutely baltic but it's that stoke game it's the fact it's the first one of 2024 and it's such a long way and it's going to be so cold i can just see it being it'll be a proper test won't it? it'll be the uh can you do it on new year's day in stoke uh yeah hopefully <laughs> In response to this question, George, it forced me into an, an unfortunate, uncomfortable realisation that um, I've been a journalist as long as you've been alive, Alex. I've been a journalist for 23 years. Um, so I, I was probably taking my first steps in the job when you emerged yeah. into the world. So I've had yeah. quite a I'm lot 22. of 22. <laughs> in that case... I'm, I'm not 23 till I'm, November, mate. I've definitely, I've definitely been a journalist longer than you've been alive in that case. A year longer than you've been alive. Yeah. Um, and I think back to tiring days, I think about uh, covering elections. That's always tiring. I once did, uh, when I was a web editor, I, I ran our election coverage through the night, um, which involved me getting into work at like 6pm. And I think I got home at 8am the next morning. Uh, and as I walked to the house, my wife greeted me on her way out for a day's work. That was a long old day slash night. Also working around the um, the time of the Steve Wright um, murders. I was on news desk at the time. Meant to be on holiday. Um, I ended up cancelling my holiday because obviously it was a massive, massive story. There were some very, very long days around that. Uh, and also I'd say transfer deadline days for sport. They're always long. Um, and I remember one. I think it's the one where Joe Garner signed or left um, about 11, just before 11 o'clock, or is it now actually after 11 o'clock? And I remember doing a live Facebook with Andy and Stu in the office. No one else was there. Uh, and that day finished with Stu kind of sliding off the chair and onto the floor. Um, it was one of those. So, yeah, th- I've had quite a lot of tiring days in my 23 years 
as a journalist. Deadline days are the worst. I've had a deadline days are long. The, um, yeah. the Millwall one last year where I had to run a live blog throughout the day and it was just, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. Oh, Callum Styles might be signing. And that was at about eight o'clock and I'd already run this blog for the best part of six hours just like reporting random stuff I was seeing on uh, Sky Sports. The fun bit is obviously working from home. I just sit on the sofa and yeah. just watch Sky Sports news and everything coming in. And then I just get a text saying, oh yeah, this this might be happening. So just keep an eye out. And that was a, uh, they literally had to sign everything on the last second as well to make sure it went through. Didn't even get announced that night, uh, which was definitely one of the longest shifts yeah. I've had to do in my career as well. There'll be some coming up, don't you worry, Alex, this season, yeah. I reckon. Uh, fair to say, though, George, that this is not a nine-to-five job. It's a job that pretty much consumes every part of your life um, and requires a lot of a lot of long days. Right then, hopefully what won't be a long day, although it will be late, is uh, Ipswich Town playing a Premier League side tomorrow at Colchester United. They're playing Luton Town. Um, how are we feeling about this one then, Alex? It's on the face of it, one game, one stadium, dead easy for you to cover yeah as a game this should be fairly easy i'm quite happy i, I like kenilworth road um my girlfriend lives over in luton so it's an easy mm. little drive over i don't really mind that one too much the one thing i would say is that their wi-fi is non-existent so i <laughs> enjoy the uh free-flowing internet at the colchester community stadium that i wouldn't speak too soon on that i'm not sure the uh, okay. well i've heard yeah. yeah i've heard some mixed things let's yeah. say but from my experience going there last season with the wall it should hopefully be okay uh the game itself i think is really interesting because it's going to be a big benchmark for both teams because mm. from a luton perspective obviously we'll be focusing on the town side but luton will be wanting to show that they're not a championship team anymore Mm. Um, especially having signed a lot of championship players. They've gone very heavy on kind of going for the top-end championship players. You know, Tahith Chong is one of the latest to come in. He's really impressed with Birmingham. Uh, they've had a few others through the door. I think that Rob Edwards seems keen to kind of keep the core of what he has rather than going and spending hundreds of millions or whatever they've earned from promotion. Um, and it will be a, a, a good test for town in the sense that they should be able to remain competitive. They're not going up. To, to play a side that has loads of wealth in the Premier League and has loads mm. of top flight players. The, this is still a team that was at the top end of the championship. It hasn't really changed. So in theory, assuming that we have a similar kind of performance to the Preston game last week, it should be one where they are able to remain competitive. I think that as kind of McKenna's alluded to, the, the results is not going to be as important, but on the pitch, they're going to want to still create chances still make sure that they can defend against two really good strikers, assuming that they both start in uh, Adebayo and Carlton Morris, who I'm sure will have a really nice reception from the town fans uh, with his Norwich links. Um, and I think, again, it's the nice step up. That's that's um, one thing that the whole fixture list seems to be built around is they started off lower, they worked up, obviously kind of going from Preston to League One teams isn't the mm. same, but now they've had experience of playing two League One teams, they've played Championship, they're going to play a lower-end Premier League team, they're going to go and play a Champions League team on Friday. So they're, they're working their way up. It's It feels all quite cramped, but especially because they're, they're going to end up flying out, I'd say, uh, 24, 48 hours after the game. So it's, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, but a really interesting test and kind of a shame that it isn't being played at Portman Road. I think that would be nice to have that in pre-season. Mm. Uh, You've got to take what you can get, can't you? Rossi, so McKenna said that the games at the weekend weren't really important in terms of performance and, and result because it was just about getting minutes in the legs. Referred to Preston as being something they were looking at in terms of their performance because it's against a, a championship side. So on that basis, you, you would say that this game is something they'll be looking at in terms of performance and, and wanting to show they can be competitive. So do you reckon whoever starts the game tomorrow, do you reckon that's what McKenna's going to be leaning towards for the start of the season. And in that in mind, who would you like to see trot out on that pitch tomorrow? Yeah, potentially. I think that's another thing about the weekend on terms of like, it's two different 11s playing. Mm. Um, so once again, there'll be some players who maybe have not played with each other before. Um, yeah. You ain't got that consistency. You ain't got that flow. At least with the Preston game, you had that, that was the first 11. And of course there were subs and of course there was roll off subs mm. eventually in the second half. But that's one good thing about just a one-off game most of the time. Uh, definitely when you get into this 
phase two of preseason, as Kieran McKenna has been saying. And that is going to be good against Luton because, yeah, it's just going to be 90 minutes of football. Um, so that 11, for me, I know we've got two games in you know Austria um, on Friday, but this is probably the, the perfect game to really put out your strongest 11 you feel will start against Sunderland. So, yeah, um, you know, there's obvious people that you know you're going to start. I think Sam Morsey, of course, will be there. Um, then back four pretty much picks itself, really. You know, well, does John it, though? Will... Yeah, is, well... is Don Borg going to... So it'll be interesting to see who plays it right back, won't it, tomorrow? Yeah. If, if that's yeah. what if we're Harry talking Clark about. Harry Clark is fine yeah. and Genoi is fine. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the big question, mark. I think, going into that game is, yeah, right side. And then I think the, I think the forward line does pick itself, though. I, I think Alex mentioned it about Ladapo, George Hurst, who could start. You know, Ladapo didn't mm. score for the first time in pre-season. Um, or did he not? He didn't score at Preston, did he? He didn't actually score at Preston. So that's two games in a row he hasn't scored. Um, doesn't matter. It's just pre-season. He scored a few guys before that. So that'd be a big question. Um, George Hurst, Dapper, who's going to start the game against Luton? Um, but I think the rest pretty much picks itself, um, really. Um, Jack Taylor, Sam Morsey partner up, I think. Broadhead starts. Chaplin, of course, starts. Will Wes Burns come back? You know he hasn't he hasn't featured for a while now. Mm. I think the last time he featured, of course, was when he came off injured in the Austria game. So um, will he come back? So yeah, I think this is the, the the game where I want to see eleven now. I feel could start against Sunderland because it's a good opposition in Luton, as as Alex mm. said, um, a team that I can, still can't believe. Fair play to them. Fair play to Luton, but to think they're going to be rocking up in the Premier League next season. Kenilworth Road will be hosting Premier League football. Um, fair play but still nuts to see. Um, so, yeah, a good test. I think it's a perfect pre-season fixture. It's a shame it's not a Port Road, as Alex said, but, of course, mm. us getting the new pitches getting sorted. Um, but a good, you know, sort of step up after the two League One opposition. Mm. Alex, I th- you're writing something, aren't you, with McKenna talking about um, kind of preparations for Sunderland and mm. reference this game. Can you let us know what you said there? Um don't assume that whoever I pick in these preseason games is going to start, but there will there be obvious names that will. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I think the the key point is that that there will be players that you know anyone can look at town and how they played last season. And be like, well, yeah, obviously he's going to start. Connor Chapman's mm. not going to be benched, is he? Out of, unless he, well, God forbid, anything happens, mm. he'll be in that team, and there'll be others. Sam Moore's, he'll be another one. Um, there are still spots up for grabs, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they play this next week, uh, especially at right-back, because the injury situation makes things interesting in terms of who's fit yeah. and who he wants to pick, because we know that Clark is going to be suspended for that opening game. So it's a, a tough kind of balance to find in the sense that he might want to find a back four that can gel, in which mm. case, if Clark's fit, because we know he's carrying a bit of a knock, do you leave him out? and go for Donassian again if he's fit, or do you go for Ball to mm. kind of keep that momentum there to, to make sure that they all feel comfortable playing with each other? You can do that, but then you're in a position where Clark comes back, probably as the first choice right back, and he's not going to have his fitness there because he's come he's had a knock, and then he's realised that he's not going to be playing the Sunderland game, so Donassian's been prioritised, and he has to work his way back a little bit more. So it's going to be a tough balance for McKenna to find um, the other one, as Ross kind of touched on, is the midfield partnership. I found that Morsey seems a little bit more comfortable playing with Luongo. Uh, I would be surprised if that's the partnership tomorrow, given Luongo's mm. groin injury. Uh, and I think I really want to see him form a strong partnership with Jack Taylor. In my eyes, that is going to be the the two that, he'll, yeah. that McKenna will want to go with. And I think they really need to form a little bit more of a bond because individually they have immense quality. They complement each other very well. Morsey sitting a little bit deeper, having the spark to go forward sometimes, having the aggression that maybe Taylor doesn't necessarily have. Taylor having the drive really to push forward, to take shots on, to kind of sit a little bit behind Chaplin, but still interact with the forward line. As long as they can form that bond, start working together, that those will be my two. And I think these are the games where they need to start playing together and forming that, that bond and that partnership. Mm, okay, it's good competition. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night. Obviously, follow it all with us. Alex and Rossi will both be there. Alex will be running the live blog. Just covering one game is going to seem so easy, boys. <laughs> um, and we should also talk before we depart, because I don't think we're going to have a chance to podcast again before this. Um, on Friday, they're in Austria again. You boys are flying out on Thursday. Uh, you're going to be covering two games again in one day, but in the same place. So, again, a little bit easier. 
uh, the Innsbruck Cup on Friday, Rossi. First question, have you remembered to cancel your theory test? Yes, it's, re- it's rebooked, so uh, do not worry. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's that oh, yeah. uh, a boo-boo from me, my point of view, but, yeah, it's standard. You want to know. You're going to be flying out to Austria, were you? Um, yeah. How are you feeling about, about Friday, though? I know it's a, it's looking ahead past the game that they're playing tomorrow night, but um should be a good experience. Yeah, once again, you know, it's, you know, two games against two, you know, Bundesliga sides who, um, Leipzig, you know, Champions League um, sides. Mm. So that's uh, going to be a good test. I think the question will be, who will we play? Because they, they've got some, you know, former Premier League players. Um, like they've got Timo Werner, who used to play for Chelsea. But we're like thinking, mm, maybe they'll play against Bremen instead. Like they'll put different 11s, just like Town, I'm sure, will put mm. two different 11s out against both teams. So it'll be interesting to see who they'll come up against. But, um, but no, it's going to be a good occasion. The last time we played in a tournament was the It's a Wetting Cup back in Germany under Paul Lambert. And that was a good occasion. Um, Utrecht and Dusseldorf were the two teams. Uh, and we finished last because that was standard Itchwich Town back then. Um, but no, it's going to be good. Um, it's not going to be as hot. I've looked at the forecast. Of course, that can easily change, but it's not going to yeah. be as hot as last time. So it's not too bad for the players um, so they can adjust a bit more because I think that was the, the big thing from the last time we played in Austria. I think the players just hit them because, yeah, 35, the highest it got to. But no, it should be a good occasion. I'm looking forward to hitting the roads and um, flying again with Alex. And uh, we've got more time to sort of enjoy Austria because last time it was just fly, hello, bye. This time. Putin <laughs> target all that. Yeah, all that jazz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this time, yeah, we've got a little bit of um, downtime a little bit when we when we arrive. And um, we'll, we'll bring you a lot of content, ladies and gentlemen. Do not worry. We'll bring you, uh, we'll probably hopefully bring you another podcast. So yeah, yeah, we won't bring you one after the looting game, but when we're there and after the the Innsbruck Cup bring you a in-person um, pod. So look forward to that. We're going to try and find more giant chairs. Yes, that's on the agenda. Is can see, seeing yeah, can we find an even <laughs> bigger chair? Because obviously, I mean, the stadium's really lovely and situated just underneath the the mountains. So mm. maybe, maybe we might find a, a chair to complement the area. Maybe a really big well. desk for the chair to, yeah. to go with something like that. Mm. Alex, you've I think you've worked for us now for I think this is your third week, third or fourth mm. week, third week, yep. um, and this will be your second overseas trip. Um, looking forward to this one. Yeah, you're going to be flying me out like this during the season. So, you know, no, we're just going to like ping me around Europe. No, you'd be, you'd be uh, walking to games. <laughs> <laughs> We've blown the budget, so he's walking mm. to the stadium of light. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the uh, the nice international trips. I like that this one's a little mm. bit later. I don't have to get up at 3 a.m. Well, Ross had to get up at 3 a.m. That was um, a little bit rough. Uh, I think that the games are going to be really exciting. Um, with no disrespect to Flyer Alarm Admira. Mm. Uh, maybe there are a few hopes that when Town announce their pre-season tour, we might have a, a few kind of big, fun international teams, and maybe some fans would have been a little bit underwhelmed by that one. Uh, I don't think many expected them to play Leipzig in pre-season. When I saw that one announced, I thought, well, "Wow, okay." Didn't expect that at all. Um, the the kind of the squad situation will be interesting. Obviously, from Town's perspective, they'll probably end up putting out two fairly strong teams in a similar way to what they've done with the Cambridge Stevenage split. I wouldn't say it will be that dissimilar. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they come up against because mm. um, I would imagine that they, the, the Leipzig and Werder Bremen will want to play their stronger players against each other as two Bundesliga teams. Um, but that doesn't mean they won't be a good test. And it also gives an opportunity for some former Premier League as Ross said, some former Premier League players to come up, some former EFL players, Oliver Burke, for example, over at Werder Bremen, uh, who was at Millwall last season. Uh, he's coming back and hitting the ground running over there. Um, he's had a load of loans around the championship. I think there'll be a few others, uh, which I'll have a look at when I start writing my preview for that one. Um, yeah, different kind of tests. Werder Bremen, a much lower level, I'd say. You'd probably be looking mid to relegation zone in the Bundesliga. Mm. Obviously, they came up from the second tier, um, I think it was two seasons ago. So um, that will definitely be an easier test on paper. Leipzig really depends on what kind of players they put out. If they went strong, I mean, you you know 
the depth they have, the quality they have. You watch it on TV. They played Man City last season, I think, and teams like that. That's the level that uh, they're going to be at, and it will be interesting to see how Town end up faring against uh, sides that will probably be quite a bit stronger than what they'll have in the Championship next season. Mm. My main concern, I think, about Friday, other than you boys getting there safely and uh, having having a good time, enjoying yourselves and, and having a little bit less pressure than last time. My main concern is, yeah, <laughs> no drinking, Ross. No drinking. Well, you can have a little drink, but not a big drink. Um, it, my main concern is that Town just come back without any serious injuries. That's always, uh, as we're on the brink of the season, especially playing some kind of more competitive games, if you like. You just don't want to come out with any any key players getting injured, Broadhead, Morsey, that sort of thing. That'd be a disaster. Um, so fingers crossed for that. Anything else to mention, boys, before we take our leave? We've done an hour, which is perfect in the sweet spot for a podcast. Rossi, you're recording the first Tractor Girls talk of the season, aren't you? Yes. Um, yeah, look forward to that course. Blue Wilson, once again, um, the captain, um, good player. Still recovering from her ACL injury, of course, which you'll, you'll know about. <laughs> Heafy. Um, hope you're doing... How, how's that? It's all right, mate. The, it's, it was yeah. four months on Saturday that I, since I had the op, um, so I'm getting I'm getting there slowly. It is very very frustrating though, um, not being able to do like any kind of cardio exercise. I can't run. Um, and I think six weeks potentially I might be able to start jogging slowly again. Um, so it was actually quite good going on on the spa day. I got to go into the gym and uh, ride a stationary bike, and I could do some swimming and stuff. Um, which obviously I do not have those facilities at Heath Towers. I'm not going to rejoin a gym just so I can go and ride a bike because I find it quite dull. But um, yeah, I'm getting there slowly, mate. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Okay, but uh, yeah, they they beat Peterborough yesterday. So I I, I covered three games yesterday. Um, of course, Stephen in Cambridge, and then um, I stayed in Cambridge at my good old dad's. Um, good old then, dad. Yeah, and then we I drove back. I didn't drive. You didn't drive back. Because <laughs> would be breaking news. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Don't take uh, the credit yeah. from me. That was a nightmarish drive <laughs> yeah. in those conditions. Yeah, but I, uh, Liam from Crew, of course. Shout out to him. Uh, he, he drove me back um, to to um, Switch, which on on the Sunday morning to then cover the, the game, and they won four one. So, uh, yeah, we're going to cover all the news, all the fixtures, a lot of departures, of course, and incoming. So, um, yeah, check out Track the Girls Talk. That'll be out um, soon. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Okay. Anything else from you, Alex? Anything else to mention? Um. We've. I want to touch on the weather again at this point. There's so it's so all I've it's it's been all I've spoken about since I've come in here. It's been such a weird culture shock going from Vienna at kind of thirty-four degrees to going into the Cambridge Stevenage doubleheader. God knows what'll be tomorrow night, and then Vienna. And I'm I'm just expecting a full full array of different kind of environments uh, to play. And I touched on that in my takeaways a little bit as well. The players will need to be. Uh, up for all those different experiences. It must have been weird for them going from this horrible, sweaty training camp in God knows what kind of weather to yeah. then standing in a League One stadium getting drenched. Um, the Great British Summertime. That's it. And so, I know it's a clip that we didn't have, but obviously I, I listened to your uh, Broadhead interview. We've not got the clip, but you talked to him about the weather and he described it as very slidey off the foot. <laughs> Um, which uh, I guess would be frustrating for a professional footballer for the ball to be sliding off your foot. Um, and actually, I don't know if you can see out the window here at Heath Towers, it's absolutely fishing it down here in Suffolk. So uh, I don't know what the, the conditions are going to be like tomorrow, as you say, Alex. So much for the great British summer. Um, but hopefully, you get some sun again on Friday in Austria, which is where you go yep. for sun, clearly. Um, right then, friends, that's it for this week. Um, you may notice that I'm slightly less hairy than I was. Uh, when we last spoke that's because the wife as discussed said you're not going to the spa looking like that you need to have a shave got out the new man manscaped um, beard hedger thought because it's got a, it's got a movable dial friends which is how you set the length and i thought i'll guess roughly what length i am at the moment and just try and trim it up and keep it a bit tidy so obviously i'm growing um got completely the wrong length um so i am pretty much clean shaven again now but it was, I will say, friends, an excellent experience using the Beard Hedger. It's a really, really good bit of kit. Highly recommended. And, of course, you can use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off all that stuff. The Beard Hedger, the uh, the Weed Whacker for your nose and ears, and obviously the original trimmer for your nether regions, your intimate areas. Um, get, get all trimmed up for summer, clean shaven, all that sort of stuff with Manscaped. And also, clearly, support our other sponsor, Ginger Pickle. Um, if you Google Ginger Pickle, they'll help you with your... Google ads, your Google ranking, your SEO, all that sort of stuff. Um, get involved with Tony Southgate and the boys. 
at Ginger Pickle. And also, I'd like to say, if you could leave us a five-star on iTunes, that'd be great. And also, friends, if you do enjoy the show and you're not already, please hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, because that helps you, A, it drops straight into your feed, and B, it helps us build up more of an audience and, again, lifts us visibility-wise in those all-important charts. So if you could do that, if you haven't already, that'd be great. Right then, friends, the week has started. We've kicked things off. There's another busy week coming up. Follow all with us. Have a great week, whatever you're doing. And the boys will speak to you next time from Austria. <laughs>